In this process of teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we have, uh, I, I believe we've covered a lot of material. What do you think? We've uh, rolled a roller coaster. There's a lot of information to be conveyed in, in our endeavor to convey it um, clearly and concisely. It's been an up and down situation, but I believe God's been helping us with it lately. Today, we have something that is ultimately a little controversial to discuss in the, in the Bible because how many times have you heard me say we shouldn't add anything to the Bible or take anything away from it? We're not, we're not going to do that today. I've been accused of it before, but that's okay. I mean, how many times have I told you, eat the meat and spit out the bone? Amen? Lots of times, right? Yeah. And Melinda knows. And, and, and she's a meat eater, right? Right? Okay. All right. So uh, what we're going to do at the beginning here is we're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11 again. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters... I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God, speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service but the same lord and there are varieties of activities but it is the same god who empowers them all in everyone to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good for to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom or word of wisdom as it says in the king james version and to another the utterance of knowledge or word of knowledge according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the one spirit to another. Same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Amen. Not as we will. We don't get to punch it up on a computer screen and say, I want that, right? Uh, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. I like reading that every Sunday. There's something special about that. Amen. Um, I'm going to start sharing with you, I'm like, like a, um, I don't know, a racehorse. This is, you know, they've opened the chute and we're on the move. Uh, we're, we've got some things to cover here that we want to get, get out there with God's help. And, and then we're going to at the end of the service. Uh, the gifts of healings, and, and notice that I said this, the gifts of healings. How many of you know that isn't what we just read in the Bible? It's not. It's kind of strange. If you visit a whole bunch of different translations of the Bible that are good, solid translations, sometimes you hear it gifts, you hear it gift and healings. But I'm telling you this. I, I, got, to, I got to realizing that it depends on what Bible I'm reading, whether it says gift of healing, gifts of healing, gifts of healings. Are you following what I'm saying here? 
But what, what do you do, disciples of Christ, when you run into something in the Word of God and, and the different translations have it different? And you say to yourself, um, what difference does it make, whether it's plural or whether it's singular on both words? What difference does it make? Well, I'm going to tell you what, it makes a lot of difference. Simple thing like adding an S to a word can be life-changing, all right? In the original Greek. In the original Greek. Now, look, look, if you want to know, you know, if, if, you know, something might be just a little off in the translation you're reading, grab yourself an expository dictionary or a concordance of some time of some type, look up the original Greek words that they translated from, and you get the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Now, I will tell you, why in the world, it's different in so many different translations, I don't know. It's going to be one of the mysteries that we're going to live with until we get to heaven. And, that, and I'm going to tell you today why that's okay. How many of you know it really doesn't change things so much? To me, it opens it up more. Gifts of healings. How many times have we talked about how many different ways are there for God to heal somebody? I mean, it's awesome how many. So it doesn't bother me at all that the original Greek rendering is gifts of healings. And I'll talk to you more about that later in the service of something I've observed. And we don't live or die by my, my, my experience. Or You know what? The Word of God's more important than even, I don't care, even your experience. The Word of God is more accurate. We don't always perceive our own experiences even correctly. Do you hear what I'm saying? But this book, you can trust. Amen? All right. Watch this. Some gifts of the Spirit are more spectacular in demonstration than others, but they're all supernatural. Have we taught you that yet or not? Have we talked about uh, this? Here's an explanation I need to give you. I stood up and confused some people one time when I said that. Um, tongues and interpretation. Somebody might stand up on one part of the church and, and take off in tongues, and another person stand up and in English tell you what they said, and you know the difference. You know when it's God speaking and when it's not God speaking. You know the difference. Why you feel it down in your spirit. A word from God will always touch you in your spirit. Amen. Say this with me. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. So, in other words, you, you, I hope you, you know, got up this morning, got ready for church, you know, you cleaned up. That deodorant's pretty important stuff for, you know what I'm saying, for not just kids in high school, right? Right? But this body that we take care of and we bathe it and we shave it and we get our hair cut and we do things to take care of it, that's not the real you. The real you is going to live on forever. You are a spirit. You have a soul. you got an intellect. Amen? And, and you live in a body. Until the body can't contain it anymore, then you go to be with Jesus. Is that, that's not hard, is it? All right? Now, so I'm leading up to something. I gave definitions to the gifts of the Spirit. I give definitions to them, but I've told you and told you over and over again the gifts can work together. They overlap. Amen? So if someone stands up and gives a message in tongues and someone stands up and interprets it, I, I, when we get to that in the next few weeks, I'm going to prove to you in the Word that's for edification, uplifting, it's for encouragement, da-da-da-da-da. That's tongues and interpretation, right? And I, I raised this question and I answered it, but I didn't give an explanation. 
Can a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom come through tongues and interpretation? Yes, they can. You say, well, Brother Dennis, that goes beyond just edifying. It goes beyond just being uplifting. It goes beyond just being encouraging. Am I right or wrong? But God can tongues and interpretation to bring a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, without changing the gift. Now, what do you mean? What do you mean, Brother Dennis? In other words, tongues and interpretation could be the conveyance used by the Holy Spirit to bring a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. Same as if you go to the church here in a car, you were conveyed here in a car, that does not make you a car. Do you understand what I'm saying? Riding here in a car didn't make you a car. You're not a car, right? And God giving us a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom through tongues and interpretation doesn't change that gift. You, you see what I'm saying? Just because God used tongues and interpretation to convey a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom to us doesn't change that gift. I'm going to give you the interpretation of that, and I mention it every week because people look at me like a cow studying a new gate when I talk about that stuff. But we pay attention to the word. Amen? Watch. The gifts of healings may be uh, less difficult to define even than others. Most of us basically understand the subject of healing, don't we? You're sick, you get touched by God, you get healed. You know, I, I'll interject this at this point because if you think it's not on my heart and mind, you're mistaken. Um, you've gotten to know Pastor Dwayne through me and Ruthie, right? Um, last weekend, I got a, a, a text from Dwayne that was a little disconcerting. He said that he and, and Jennifer were suffering from COVID symptoms. And... Um, you know, we, we conveyed back and forth. We, we talked a little bit. And um, Monday night, by Monday night, his uh, O2 sats had dropped into the 80s. I went to the hospital, spent the night in the emergency room. They were trying to get him into a room, trying to stabilize his O2 uh, sats. And I'm, con I'm trying to talk to them. But Jennifer and Dwayne both got sick at the same time. And Dwayne was older than Jennifer with a lot of underlying conditions and um, took less than a week for Dwayne to go be with Jesus. Friday afternoon, I sent a note to Jennifer and um, she called me right away and conveyed to me, um, I, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I just got a call from the hospital. Dwayne quit breathing. Dwayne's uh, heart stopped and they're trying to revive him. In here, I already knew he was with Jesus. And I say this often about people I love and care about, and he's already been close enough to touch the face of the one who made him. So how many of you know Dwayne is good today? There's no COVID virus in heaven, you know? Now tell me, can any one of us in this room really understand all that? But you know what? If we could understand it all perfectly, there'd be, there's no God in heaven. I, my God can do anything, which means my God can do anything he wants the way he wants, and he does not have to answer to me for it. How many times have we prayed for the sick in the last few years, and we have testimony after testimony after testimony of how God touched the person, the Holy Spirit moved, they were healed or whatever. Dwayne's healed, but he's healed in heaven. All right? 
And I'll look you in the eye and tell you this. I may have to dry the tears from my eyes, or from my eyes, talking about it, but it's okay. Now, pray for Jennifer. She's home alone. She's sick with the COVID virus. Her husband has just gone to be with Jesus. And so I can't seem to raise anybody down there to find out what's being done, but they're part of a wonderful church. I've been there, wonderful people. I know they're doing things to take care of Jennifer. I've learned something this week. I was reminded I don't have to be in control of everything, right? I don't have to be in control of how that's going down there in Hernando, Mississippi. God's in charge. The Holy Spirit is still there. He's on the scene. He will take care of Jennifer. Amen? Um, I want to tell you this. I started writing these notes about this. Uh, certainly, I believe in medical science. I thank God daily for what it can do. Amen? I'm not opposed to doctors, but some people confuse medical science with the gifts of healings. They are, they're not in the same class. A radio ministry speaker once said, and I heard, the, that the gifts of healings were what God had given doctors and medical science, and that's not true. If that's God's method for healing, then why do doctors get the charges for their service? However, anyone who has had any experience with doctors knows that under normal circumstances, they like to be paid for what they do. Also, if doctors and medical science were God's method of healing, medical treatment would always be free from errors, and doctors would never make mistakes however we know that that's not true either doctors and medical science are natural means of healing the gifts of healings and other methods of divine healing are supernatural by the way did everybody who wanted one of these get one you need to kind of be following along there doctors and medical science are a natural means of healing the gifts of healings and other methods of divine healing are supernatural I personally know many good Christian doctors who have the very best interests of their patients at heart and minister to them with their natural human ability as a trained physician. My doctor even prayed with me. Um, divine healing comes by laying on of hands, anointing with oil, or maybe even just speaking the word, just to name a few examples of how healing is ministered. I have noticed this, that the working of miracles seemed to be more prominent in the Old Testament. People were involved in the miracles. Samson was involved in the miracles that took place in his life. Am I right or wrong? Right? We know that Daniel was healed by special faith. Why? Because all he did was walk in, lay down, and go to sleep. How many of you know that it takes special faith to sleep in the presence of hungry lions? We know that they were hungry because the next morning the guys who accused Daniel they got thrown in there, and lions had no problems digesting them, right? All right? Uh, we've discussed the working of miracles and observed that this gift was more prominently on display in the Old Testament. It is the opposite of the gifts of healings, which were more prominent in the New Testament. I mean, all the way up through the book of Acts and beyond, this gift was prominent. How many of you know many people were healed with this gift, gifts of healings, why? Why do you? Let's go. Let's tap that for a minute. Do you remember me telling you the story about the preacher I knew that was praying for needs? The Holy Ghost was moving, and a girl came up and said to him, "I, I have this. Uh, I forget what the malady was, uh, the illness." And he looked at her and he said, "You know what?" He said, "The Holy Spirit uses me just from my experience more in this area of healing. My wife 
when she prays for people for this malady, it just seems that 99% of the time, God uses her and her prayer life on that one. Do you see why it becomes gifts of healings? Do you see why that becomes important? Because there's myriad different ways for God to heal people. And I can tell you that even when the Holy Spirit is using people like that who get used regularly, because there's people like that out there, to get used regularly in a particular gift, even that gift kind of separates out sometimes into specialties for certain people. Do you get my drift? That's why I don't have any problem at all looking at the Greek and saying, oh, gifts of healings, there you go. You see what I'm saying? Let's don't get hung up on that. Jesus ministered as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. I can prove it. We're going to go to the Word. Jesus himself, not as the Son of God, but as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit, worked many miracles. Jesus was just as much the Son of God when he was 25 as he was when he was 30. But yet we don't have any record of any miracles until the day after he was baptized and the dove descended on him and I, I, how many of you know that the Bible knows why it gives you information like that in chronological order? Information like that's important. And we don't, and, and how many of you know it's possible that he did some things, but we don't know. And we have no record of it until the day after he was baptized and the Holy Ghost in the form of a dove came on him. Uh, Jesus was just as much the Son of God when he was 25 as he was when he was 30. Yet we have no record of him having healed anyone at that age anywhere. Again, we have no record in the Bible that he performed any type of miracle before he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. Grab your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 4. Grab your Bibles and go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. We'll do this together. It won't take long. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Who's talking there? Jesus. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. I see some of you are still turning pages. I want you to see it with me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord. Isn't that, isn't that, that's dynamic, isn't it? Wow. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to uh, proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind. Amen? It, what is that? Healing. It was one of the things that he was if he's the son of God and he's just doing it by being the son of God, we need the anointing for. I, I'm just saying. I mean, he, he got anointed by God. He was anointed by the Spirit, and then he went about doing these things. Not, it doesn't say because he was the son of God, he did these things. It says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. See, he, he didn't even preach the gospel, really without the anointing, without the power of the anointing of the Spirit, all right? He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives, recovering the sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed. What did Peter say? Write this down, Acts 10, 38. We want to we move briskly here, but we want to cover the material. Peter said this in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. He's talking about Jesus. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. 
Peter said that about Jesus. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. It's easy for us to get spiritually lazy if we want to classify Jesus did all these miracles just because he was the Son of God. He was born here, but he was the Son of God, so he could do all these things. He did what he did in his lifetime to set examples for us to follow. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. This is proof that Jesus didn't heal the sick by some power that was inherent in him as the Son of God, the second person in the Trinity. Rather, he healed the sick just as anyone else called of God would minister to the sick today the anointing of the Holy Spirit by the manifestation of these gifts of healings and the ministry of the Word of God. I want to look at several verses in Corinthians for clarification on the subject. It'll only take a minute. In 1 Corinthians, we were there in chapter 12, in verse 9. I thought it was unusual. In the uh, English Standard Version, it said, To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And uh, it says in verse 28, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. And then in verse 30, it says, do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? What is the answer to that? No. No. But they got it right on the gifts, but they didn't get it right on healings. How many of you know that the name of Jesus is greater than the name of any sickness or disease in this world. Amen? According to Vine's Expository Dictionary of Biblical Words, the word healings in plural in the Greek is in verse 9, verse 28, and verse 30. Notice that this is the only one of the spiritual gifts. Listen to this. Notice that this is the only one of the spiritual gifts listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in the plural for both words, gifts of healings, except tongues it's a funny thing about tongues what what are we proving every week we show you that the gifts of the spirit that we're studying all show up in the old testament except tongues it's the only one that doesn't show up there all right all the other gifts of the spirit are singular except tongues which will be covered in a later lesson why are they gifts of healings and not gifts of healing or gift of healing or this is a biblical mystery to which we don't have the specific answer. Anyway, I've shared my opinion with you, though. It may be that there are gifts of healings because there are many kinds of diseases, illnesses, maladies. So it would seem to me that God would provide gifts of healings for the myriad number of medical problems that human bodies can be subject to. Just saying. Wrote that in my notes. Just saying. Just saying. Another reason I believe that the plural use is in the proper name for this gift is because I have known enough different people in my life and that were used in this gift, only it seemed that some would be used more often for, say, cancer. You see? Um, I, I knew a woman that was used by this gift specifically to pray for people who had back injuries, for example. All right? And, and that just seemed to be that most of the time that she prayed for people, the Holy Spirit healed that thing, right? 
So don't be confused by that. You see that in the future. Don't be confused by it if it befalls you. How many of you know that it is an honor to be used by the Holy Spirit? It's an honor. Amen? And God should get all the glory. Others were used more often for neurological conditions. It seems almost as if God were using many different people to deal with many different types of healing. In this, that, that, I told you that defining this simpler, easier than just about all the gifts. Amen? Um, how many of you knew Papa Hagen, Kenneth Hagen? Did any of you know of Kenneth Hagen? Kenneth Hagen was a, was a, a man that was um, laying on his deathbed as a child. And he'd read his Bible. He was dying. He'd read his Bible. And he would see all these scriptures in the Bible about healing. How many of you know that when you're, you're sick and suffering, you want to be healed? Amen. And for whatever reason, uh, the Holy Spirit came to him and told him that he was going to heal him, but he didn't heal him instantly. <laughs> Holy Spirit told him he was going to heal him. What is that? It's the word of wisdom. I'm going to heal you, right? So over a period of time, God healed him. God saved him. God healed him. God filled him with his spirit and appeared to him in a vision in that room that day. And he said, well, you know, I don't know if I believe in that. Well, you know what? I don't care. I, I don't. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be rude. Um, I, I've known this man. I flew to Tulsa, Oklahoma to meet this guy when he was in his 70s just before he went to be with Jesus. Um, for some odd reason, God's opened the door for me to be in the presence of some really wonderful men and women of God in this world. Kenneth Hagin was one of them, you know. And... Um, there was uh, times after that that Jesus appeared to him and told him things. And one of the things was that Jesus appeared to him in a vision one morning and told him, uh, I as, have as of yet not used you to, uh, in the gifts of the Spirit to pray for the sick. But that starts today. It was in a vision. That starts today. And that day he started praying for the sick and God started healing the sick. You know? Now, why do I tell you these stories? I mean, eat the meat, spit out the bones. If you like it, like it. If you don't like it, don't like it. Don't, don't, just, you don't need to get mad about it, though. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to get angry about it, you know? But, but I'm telling you this because there's, I want you to be open to whatever way God wants to speak to you, the way God wants to use you. If he wants to give you a vision, give you a vision. Amen? Uh, if God wants to speak to you, let him speak to you. If, if you're praying for somebody and all of a sudden special faith rises up on the inside of you and God heals the person in front of you, that's okay, isn't it? That's not, you're not, not going to hurt your feelings, is it? You know, make sure you just always give the glory to God. Let God be God in your life and uh, don't touch the glory. It's God's glory. When God uses you like this, one of, this is one of the reasons why we don't see it so much because there's very few people that can handle the process. God wants you to go to heaven. He don't want you to fall. You say, well, how in the world can God using people make them fall? Well, I'm going to tell you, human flesh and the spirit just does not mix well. It doesn't mix at all. And if you try to take the glory, God's glory, mm. You know, there's some things about God that should cause us to have a fearful respect for him. Amen? I mean, he loves us and we love him. 
But I think a little more fearful respect would be in order here for us to move into this next phase of our revival. Amen? I love you very much. Sister Ruthie loves you very much. Um, I'm enjoying teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. Um, it's exciting to me. Amen? All right? Don't forget, you got revelation gifts. You got utterance gifts. They say something, amen? Revelation gifts are the gifts that God uses in your life to show you something you didn't know. Amen? The utterance gifts, they say something. Amen? They're, they're vocal, right? And then there's the power gifts. You know, the power gifts. This is one of the power gifts. Amen? They do something. They produce something. They're powerful. Amen? So let's not, let's not forget that. Somebody go down and get Ruthie and the kids. That's enough for the broadcast for today. Thank you, Nathan. And I appreciate all the people that join us. Uh, we're going to spend a little time.